0: This is the Podium Finish Live from Austin, Texas,
1: and various points across the country. Here's your host, Rob Tionson, And a good, good day to everyone out there listening to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or whatever podcasting platform you're listening to. This is the Podium Finish Live and I'm your host, Rob Teonson. I'm joined alongside, as always, my friend and co-host, Nathan Solomon. Welcome to episode 39 of TPF Live, the fastest hour racing talk. As we have so much to get to on our post New Hampshire pre Pocono edition of this podcast, and we there's just so much to get to on this show. I almost feel like we should just get the pleasantries, but we'll get to all of those, of course, as we do every single one of these episodes. And of course, we have a really awesome hot seat guest for today. Who I'll be talking about very shortly but I hope all of you are doing very well as we get ready for Pocono race weekend and also too uh, just a big shout out to all the folks who contributed over the past weekend uh, you know of course the team of Jack Shanlin over at the Honda Indy Toronto race weekend at Exhibition Place and of course Nathan Solomon who I'll introduce very shortly working with Josh uh, Jones and Sam Drace, our photographers for our New Hampshire NASCAR content. It was a very successful race weekend on all fronts. And really that's just, I love having winning weekends like that. And we're going to have another, another winning weekend with Pocono being our emphasis and focal point uh, for our coverage. So can't wait to get to the our tricky triangle coverage that Nathan will be spearheading here with Sam Drace as Josh Jones makes the diversion back to Connecticut. The rest of our New Hampshire team decided, well, one race was not enough for us. Let's do two races. So um, just jog well done to everyone who's contributed. And I'm really looking forward to this weekend's content. Uh, Just so much, so much to talk about. I feel like it's not going to get very boring for the rest of these uh, episodes for 2022. But for today's episode, we've got a very special hot seat guest. Remember last week when I said, oh, you might want to feel independent about these certain race car drivers. I was hinting at the fact that we'll have an IndyCar driver sitting in the hot seat today. And for this week, we have NTT IndyCar Series competitor patricio award better known as Pato award he's from monterey mexico but he also lives in indianapolis indiana of course and just down south of me in san antonio texas so he's going to be here talking about his season more about why drivers need to interact with you fans on social media and at the racetrack and really just more about what the culture is like over at indycar so i'm really thrilled to have him on and i can't wait to share his thoughts for you racing fans at home. And, oh yeah, we might talk about a little announcement that took place on Tuesday. Um, as far as that Tuesday announcement's concerned, who knows, it was pretty boring. No, it was not really, really boring. It was pretty awesome, um, at least for NASCAR's uh, direction and paradigm shift into the new generation. Um, as my uh, Matt, my Snyder's dad, I'm also gonna Mike Snyder, but his father, of course, Marty Snyder, mentioned in the press conference today that I just realized next next year is gonna be the 75th anniversary of NASCAR. So yeah, NASCAR, you're 25 more years away from being hundred years old. And when we get to that point, well, I'm gonna be a very old man. And Nathan's probably gonna be only like 10 years older uh, than me, or no, I'm kidding, 10 years old in general. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But, anyways, folks. Let's get the pleasantries started, and then we can get talking about racing. So, of course, I'm going to bring in Nathan right now. He's fresh from his New Hampshire race weekend, his long drive, and all the caffeine that he had to have to get through the long drive. I think he drove more miles than the drivers in the Better 301 did at the Hampshire Motor Speedway. So maybe you should get yourself a 44-pound lobster. Which should, uh, wouldn't you say so, Nathan?
0: I drove more miles in each direction than uh, the, 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 the drivers did in the better three hundred one. I think it was like three eight, three six, three. I think it's three eighty, three three hundred eighty miles from um, from the track to home. And so when I plugged that in my GPS Thursday, I like Earth Thursday Sunday at like eight thirty after I left the track, I saw my ETA was like three thirty, and it was like three hundred and. 80 something miles I about fainted but we made it we um you, you said I'm fresh off my uh my 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 loud weekend I, I wouldn't say I'm fresh but I'm off my loud weekend um certainly getting uh back up to it like it almost felt like I was like jet lagged after like a super long overseas flight or something but uh, at the time we're recording this, it's Tuesday. I'm, I'm I'm getting I'm getting more well rested. I'm getting uh, getting ready to go back to the track here again in a couple days, which is fun to think about. So excited for Pocono, basically my second home race. Um, only really only a couple hours from uh, from my area. For, for most track, for like for most people that are this far away from a track, it, it would be their home race. But um, fortunately, I got a couple a couple NASCAR tracks not far from me. This is one of them. So excited to not have to drive seven and a half hours this weekend. And like Martin Trix, Jr., this is one of your home tracks, as you you mentioned,
1: because the other home track we'll talk about towards the end of August, uh, where I believe a certain F1 legend is going to be racing at that we've talked about. So it's no secret as to what we're talking about or who we're talking about. But I'm glad that you got back to your, your home state of New York in good shape and getting ready for the tricky triangle and can we please settle the fact that there are only three turns? I do not know where the younger generation thinks that there's six turns or 31 turns. It's three turns. Hey, listen, what I will say is. this.
0: there, There isn't a fair argument for um, that, that. You can say it's six turns. You look at any, any other oval, you look at Loudon, basically you make one, you make 180 degree turn and it's considered two turns. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's, you you make a couple like I think turn one at Pocono is almost 180 degrees. It's like 150 or 60 degree turns. So I don't know. I think there is a fair argument that it could uh that, that it could be a six turn uh, a six turn course. If you can make four turns out of an oval, I think you can make six turns out of a triangle.
1: We'll make that a, a optional podium perspective topic for for the audiences at home because I I know that's going to be a topic we'll talk about on podium perspectives for this week on the article side of things but uh yeah fans let us know do you think Pocono only has three turns six turns are there more are there less let us know I've never had to think about this uh topic until now I don't know why but hey uh, that's what makes things fun but yeah looking forward to kicking off the show but before we get to all of the Pocono and post New Hampshire talk of course let me talk about a great partner of ours that sells diecast cars and merchandise from the world of racing. So yeah, are you looking for the latest diecast cars or merchandise that's gonna make you the coolest racing fan in the planet? Well, let's just go over to circlebdiecast.com. And if you spend $30 or more on in-stock items or pre-order items that are going to ship at the same time, please take advantage of using promo code TPF2022. And if you do, you'll take advantage of discounted shipping so again, use promo code TPF2022 to get discounted shipping on your orders of $30 or more of in-stock items or pre-order items that are shipping at the same time. And looking at a certain diecast uh, shipping report, I'm expecting some of the first next-gen diecast cars to be hitting stores really soon. I don't mean the NASCAR Authentics lines. I mean the the line of, um ARC collectibles. So if you're looking for those, just stay tuned because I'm sure Brent and his team are going to have them. So use promo code TPF2022 and you'll be on the next generation of NASCAR merchandise. Just be sure to let Brent Powell know that Rob T. and Nathan Solomon sent you over. CircleB.cast.com for the latest and the greatest in racing merchandise. Well, now that you are pretty hyped up to go shopping, please keep us on the background or... Listen to our show right now and then do some shopping, because we're heading over to Podium Perspectives. Well, for the second consecutive week, we're not going to immediately talk about the cup race that happened at New Hampshire Motor Speedway or the previous race weekend. Instead, we're going to talk about another special announcement. Well, no, this one wasn't totally surprising, like Tyler Reddick's announcement to 2311 for 2024. But it pretty much confirmed a schedule change that had been in the rumor mill. And when Adam Stern tweeted about it earlier on Tuesday morning, it pretty much made it the gospel. So NASCAR, of course, announced that they're going to, you're taking on the streets of Chicago for a cup race on Sunday, July 2nd, and it will be taking over the Road America race weekend date that took over Daytona's previous spot. Now, before I chime in, of course, I want to get Nathan's thoughts on this just because I'm sure we're going to have different opinions on this, but, you know, you were you were on the Zoom session earlier t- on Tuesday, Nathan, and of course, Like the rest of us, I'm sure you caught the live stream that was hosted by NBC NASCAR's Marty Snyder with the dignitaries like Mayor Lori Lightfoot, uh, Bubba Wallace, and all the other dignitaries at the race um, that that were at Chicago. What's your overall thoughts on Chicago having this street race? Do you think it's going to do what NASCAR needs to have happen in terms of connecting with new racing fans? and? Was it sort of a slight against road America after having two sold out race weekends in as many years?
0: Yeah, I have mixed thoughts about this one. Like, I mean, I, I certainly applaud NASCAR for trying something new and trying something different because that's exactly what they did at the LA clash. And it worked. I mean, as someone who was actually at that race, like it worked, it was packed. They certainly loaded up that Sunday with entertainment, you know, Pitbull, ice cube and they made it seem like it was a really big deal. And, and it was, and I think that, um, if they promote it similarly to how they promoted the L.A. Clash, they can make this a really successful event. I think they can get um, a ton of fans in attendance. They can get you know, new fans to go to the race, get you know, kind of – I don't want to say teach I don't think teach is, is the right word. But, um, but I guess just get you know, the people of Chicago to, um, to, to go to that race and, 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 and want to become NASCAR fans, sim- similar as like, the people of Los Angeles. Um, you know, went to that race and, you know, started to become NASCAR fans. I mean, that, that race certainly helped that market. I think a, a street race in Chicago will certainly help that market. Now the on-track product I've not sold on yet. I, I, I think it's a good idea. Like, don't get me wrong. I think it's a good idea. I don't know if it's going to be a great race because when you look at IndyCar and you look at Formula One, uh, a lot of those street races there isn't a lot of passing. They're really not great races. It's, it's just it's just so difficult to pass. Um, and and the next gen cars, you know, kind of their weakness right now has been flat tracks. Now Loudon is basically the flattest track we go to. They they actually did put on a pretty good show, but the first couple of flat tracks like Phoenix. I don't know if you want, if you want to consider Richmond as a flat track or not, but First couple flat tracks were, were, kind of lackluster last couple were better. Um, so I, I don't know how it's going to fall there. I mean, obviously this next-gen car is supposed to be a good road racing car. Um, the first couple road course races haven't completely wowed me. I mean, the finish, um, the finish to the Coda race was obviously great. And I know you know that firsthand cause you were there, but, um, overall though those three road course races were great so i i, I i'm not overly um I, I don't have completely high expectations for the on track product but i think a lot of people are going to go there so it'll be really good for the sport and the engagement there will be great for the sport um now for the road america side of things i i it, it's kind of a pro and con thing for that for for that track too in my opinion because i think it Similarly, I think it did a really good job of bringing a ton of fans there because I think that was maybe the most attended race of the year outside of the 500 um, the last couple years for whatever reason fans love that area, though it's not a very fan friendly site I mean it's a four mile racetrack, Um, if if you throw a full course caution you're talking at least 15 minutes under caution to make two or three laps because um, of the pit cycle. Of course, there's the two stage race. That's another additional 30 minutes. I kind of don't need to be there. And it's only a 62 lap race to start with. So um just the way the cautions fall, you're you're probably losing 10 or 15 laps because of cautions. Now all of a sudden you're only looking at like a 45 lap race. So um it, it's that that's tough because again, I want a lot of fans to be there and and, and to see that race, but you know that that that, that race is, is is a TV race. Like it's certainly not. You know, if I'm there as a fan, I don't really want to go there to, to be a fan. I'd want to watch that that one on TV just because of how big it is. Um, so I I think overall, I think the Chicago Street Course, it's worth a try. Three years is a little ambitious to see if it works or not. I think they can they might be able to tell after one year or not if it works or not. But. Um, We'll see what happens. I, I, I'm certainly okay with NASCAR giving it a shot, but I would have been okay. I would have been content either way if they did the street course, didn't do the street course, stayed at Road America, didn't stay at Road America. So I'm I'm on the fence about it for both ways.
1: At least you have an open mind about it compared to me, because for me, I didn't like the fact that it's at the expense of Road America. Although it's a case to me now that I've had some time to think about it, it seemed like. NASCAR needed Road America more than Road America needed NASCAR, Um, whereas in this case, NASCAR needs Chicago because it's a good way to connect to a newer audience, and I think what you're trying to say, I agree, not so much to teach them about NASCAR, but to introduce them to the sport, because uh, the LA Clash that you attended, uh, we got Ice Cube, we had Pitbull, and there were other celebrities and dignitaries from the the rich and famous lifestyle type world. And of course, the urban audiences that were at the racetrack that probably were like, whoa, this NASCAR experience is pretty cool. Maybe I'll go to a different racetrack. Um, And I think that's, there's the benefits from the demographic side point because NASCAR obviously has to embrace the new direction and become a lot more modern with its audiences because the current guard that supported it over the last, say, 40 years, they're getting older and uh, probably can't connect or relate to the drivers of today or the the nuances of NASCAR from say 1982 to 2022. But I like the fact that we're trying something different. It's not an exhibition race. My only concerns are one, is it going to be competitive? And my gut feeling says no. And the second question I have is, What's going to happen if they run over a sore uh, plate, like those little sore covers that could get dislodged from such high speed. And I would hate to see somebody get knocked out of a race because they hit a sore plate or something. And that races, the race is over instead of say like a brake failure, or they got wrecked up by their competitor or they made a mistake and crashed into the the barriers, you know, but um, if it works, I could see this being a way for NASCAR to race in New York City to possibly think about having, I, don't, well, I was going to say Boston. <laughs> That's not going to happen. But uh, the big cities would probably embrace it. Who knows? Maybe uh, Austin could probably have one too, although we have a, a pretty good track here in Coda. I think the best mindset to have about Chicago hosting a NASCAR race is newer audiences. It's a really prestigious city, one of the big cities in America. And I'm sure they're going to do a lot of cross promotion during that race weekend. If Michael Jordan's there, you know, they're going to play into people's hearts, their heartstrings, rather, about the good old days, about those two, three peats with the Chicago Bulls. I was saying to our our chat room, why not invite Ferris Bueller, you know, the cast of Ferris Bueller, bring in Matthew Broderick, uh, uh, Alan Ruck. um, And then also to Wayne's world. Uh, From SNL, get get Mike Myers and Dana Carvey there. NBC, you know, that's a good way to get the older generation to be hooked into this race. So again, it's good to be another new race on July second during Independence Day race weekend. Um, It was only what three years ago when it was at Daytona, and now could you imagine four years later we're talking about? Oh, by the way, we're going to be racing in the streets of Chicago. Hopefully, it's better than the iRacing event. According to our team, some drivers took it seriously and some had a degaff moment about it. So let's just hope that NASCAR doesn't just decide on changes because of things that they saw in iRacing, because we saw what happened at the Atlanta Motor Speedway with the changes. And it's kind of a mixed bag, you know, we could both agree it's a mixed bag result. So. Hopefully NASCAR knows what it's doing with its partner in iRacing. And we don't always have to depend on a change because of iRacing. So stay tuned to that, folks. And there is a website for um, the Chicago Street Course Race if you want ticket information or to, to kind of get on the list for the uh, tickets for that race. Their race information can be found online, of course. Um so check it out on nascar.com or I think the nascarchicago.com and I'm sure they'll have information as to when you can get tickets to the race for next year. So Independence Day, Windy City style. Let's just hope that uh, Ricky Stenhouse doesn't capture the flag and fly into the river, Michigan River on <laughs> uh, that famous bridge over in Chicago. And no, I will not say the Bears, I don't think you know, most folks in our audience demographics will understand that reference. Maybe the moms and the uh, the, uh, the dads who listen to us will get that joke. But anyways, let's move on to our second topic and go to New Hampshire and talk about a certain race called the Ambetter 301, which was a wicked good race. Uh, I saw a lot of passing. Nobody was banging a U.E. Okay, okay. Enough of the Boston talk. I'll, I'll get back to normal Rob talk. All right. So we had a three on one lap race. It was race number 20. And let's set up the scenario before bringing Nathan in Nathan for this topic. Entering that race weekend, as I wrote in my hype piece, Christopher Bell was 16th place in points. He was eighth place in the regular season standings. But because he didn't have any wins and we had 13 different winners, he was in a rather precarious spot where if another driver won, we'll put behind him in the point standings, he'd be out of the, the playoff standings. But you know, Christopher Bell tapping into his successes from his Loudon years in Xfinity was able to defeat Chase Elliott and win his first race of this season and his first race since Daytona Roval last year. So he wins. And ironically, Martin Truex Jr., who was going for his first cup race win at Loudon, has another Loudon curse moment happen to him where now he's the guy on the bubble. So kind of a fun situation that JGR. Let's talk about this, Nathan, because I know you know Christopher Bell. He rung his way into the uh, playoff spot, but he also put his teammate Martin Truex Jr. in a bit of trouble heading into Pocono. I mean, is it a bit surprising to see two competitive drivers from a great team be in this position in the first place? And then, secondly, you know, you covered the race at Loud, and what was it like for you over there?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, obviously we've been talking about this all year. It's just an interesting situation where. Um, we knew that maybe if if there's gonna be a year where we're gonna get 16 different winners, it would probably be, be probably be this year. And right now, we're certainly on pace for that. Um, 14 winners now with six races left in the regular season, I believe. Yep. Um, so there's certainly a couple drivers now. Basically, on the outside looking in, uh, Martin Truex Jr. He's 16th on the playoff grid now, which is pretty unbelievable um Ryan Blaney 15th on the playoff grid um I believe second in overall points yeah. um and you have Kevin Harvick Eric Almarola, who are more than capable of winning on the outside looking in completely like they're outside of the playoff grid right now um Eric Almarola, that's maybe Loudon's probably his best track um on the NASCAR circuit obviously he had some mechanical issues so um, did not have a great finish Kevin Harvick he honestly he had a really good car um kind of got shuffled back a little bit there towards the end. I think he finished fifth, but um, in this, in this era, fifth place isn't going to get you locked into the playoffs right now. Um, I think we probably see at least, at least one more winner, one or maybe two more winners. Like I think, I think Ryan Blaney probably wins a race here soon. He's been, he he just, he's been in contention for basically every race. It seems like he just hasn't been able to push one across yet. Um, And same as Martin Truex Jr. So I think, I think that's my playoff grid right there. I think, the fourteen right now, plus Martin Truex Jr. and Ryan Blaney, so really just the top, the current top sixteen will be the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I mean, good for Christopher Bell, though. I think we knew it's just a matter of time, probably, until he won a race this year. Um, much like Amarola, this is probably that's probably Christopher Bell's best racetrack. Uh, has not lost an Xfinity Series race there. He's three for three. Um, now he's one for three in the Cup Series. The second place finish to Amarola last year, um, and you know obviously the bell winning there kind of helped um shuffle tricks jr out of the mix but they also you know they also elected for a two-tire stop there uh, with like 90 to go when i when i believe most other drivers took four and he didn't have a very good restart so um from that restart he got shuffled out of the top 10 i think we didn't down to 11th or 12th at one point and then um kind of had to work his way back up from the, through the field he had a really good car so he definitely passed some cars there and then there's a couple uh couple other guys had stayed out at, at that stop with like 90 to go and had the pit so he's able to gain a few more spots i think finished P4, but um disappointing for him obviously he was in a position where he needed to win that race he did not do that um now he's gonna have to try to go out there and, and, and win somewhere else i mean I, I if i'm not mistaken pocono's not been his best racetrack i think he has a win there though um and then Indy Road Courts, which is kind of a wild card, Michigan, um, Richmond, which he's very good at Richmond, very good at Watkins Glen, um, but he's not a, not a great plate racer at Daytona. So he's got a couple more really good opportunities right there to win. Um, Ryan Blaney, he's pretty well versed, you can kind of win anywhere, um, and, and same as a lot of those other guys. So see what happens over the next couple of weeks. I think there's a, well, I don't know if we'll get a new winner this weekend at at, um, at Pocono, but My guess is we'll. My guess is we do get a repeat winner. We'll get a repeat winner at Pocono with five races left in the regular season. We'll uh, um, we'll still have two playoff spots available. Going to be down to the wire as
1: far as the NASCAR Cup Series playoff standings are concerned, just because uh, you kind of broke it down pretty nicely there. You know, Pocono pretty much will probably be a race that belongs to the current crop of winners, and then you got Indianapolis where. You know, who expected AJ Allmendinger to win for college racing, even though we know how capable AJ is as a road course racer to see him, you know, basically beat the best of the best on that day. And then we go to Michigan. We don't know how this next gen car is going to handle so far, unless Fontana was a harbinger uh, for the cup cars. We're in for a pretty good show. And then you, you head over to Richmond, You know, who knows how the heat's going to factor in because it's a daytime race for the first time in God knows how many years I can't remember the fall race or the second race being a a daytime race. And then you got Watkins Glen, your race that you'll be covering at, um, at towards late August and of course, Daytona to close up the regular season. So Shrek's has a couple of chances, Blaney, like you said, it's pretty good anywhere else. And uh, I would be foolish to not count even Austin Dillon if he can get his act together and avoid the wrath of Brad Keselowski, because I still don't understand what caused their little tiff at uh, Loudon, but certainly made for an interesting, entertaining moment for the race fans and even for us press folks who covered the race, but let's go over the and better 301 top 10 finishers. And then I'll read to you the playoff standings as we head over to Pocono. So of course, Christopher Bell won his first cup race of the season, which puts him into the playoffs. Chase Elliott finished second. Bubba Wallace got a terrific third place and podium finish. Uh, his best run really since the Daytona 500 earlier this year. And uh, one could argue his best finish really ever. You know, I know he won a Talladega because of the rain-shortened situation and being at the right place at the right time. But I would say, like Nathan said to him in the bullpen, it was one of his most complete races he's had. Martin Truex Jr. had to settle for a fourth place finish. Kevin Harvick finished fifth. And then running at the top 10 were Danny Hamlin, Brett Keselowski, Ross Chastain, Daniel Suarez, and of course, Kurt Busch. So in terms of the playoff standings, let's look at that as we head over to Pocono. So Chase Elliott's our points leader. He's got those three wins, of course. That would be Dover. He's got the Nashville win. And of course, the win at Atlanta. Ross Chastain by virtue of his victories over at Dakota here in Austin and Talladega. He's in second place. Joey Logano by virtue of his victories at gateway and Darlington. He's third William Byron's two victories this year have gotten him into fourth place. Of course, at Atlanta and Martinsville Danny Hamlin by virtue of his victories at Charlotte and also two at Richmond. He's in fifth place in points. Kyle Larson's Fontana victory pretty much has him locked in at six. Kyle Busch's Bristol back into the dirt race victory. He's seventh, Christopher Bell, his most recent New Hampshire victory, puts him into eighth place. And then in rounding up the playoff standings are Alex Bowman with his Vegas win, Austin Sindrick with his Daytona 500 win, Kurt Busch with his Kansas win, Daniel Suarez with his great Sonoma victory, Tyler Reddick with his Road America victory, Chase Briscoe with his Phoenix win, and then the winless Ryan Blaney, who is really second place in the regular season standings. And of course, Martin Trix Jr., the last playoff driver in right now and not far behind the Martin Tricks Jr. are Kevin Harvick, Eric Alamarola, Eric Jones, and Austin Dillon. I'll be very curious to see when Eric Jones becomes a factor in one of these last few races, because I'm telling you, the number 43 team is so close to breaking through to victory lane, much like Tyler Reddick did. Could it happen at Phoenix? Who knows? Because at Fontana, the number 43 Chevrolet was pretty fast, but we'll talk about that uh, in a couple of weeks time. Let's talk about the return of Cliff Daniels for our third topic, because for Kyle Larson fans, I'm sure it was a pretty mixed experience having Kevin meandering being the interim crew chief. Although Kyle Larson based on his reaction in the bullpen, bullpen with Nathan Pretty, pretty much seemed diplomatic, almost to the point of nonchalant about whoever was at the top of his pit box. But uh, one cannot argue the fact that Cliff Daniels is one of the best crew chiefs in the business. He's back this week after his four-week suspension as a result of that loose will from Sonoma. So hopefully he's had some time to dine and wine and uh, get back to... Being at the Pocono Mountains and preparing for the M&M's Fan Appreciation 400 and having some chocolate along the way or peanuts or whatever flavor that M&M's has that I don't even know about because it's 2022 and crazy things happen. But uh, Nathan, you know, Kyle Larson's going to have a familiar voice, a familiar leader back atop the pit box after having Kevin meandering around. I know some fans are pretty irked about Kyle Larson's no-tire call that pretty much cost him a top five at Loudoun. So heading into Pocono, where Kyle Larson is probably trying to exercise the mental demons that happened to him at Pocono in the last lap, you know, how invaluable is Cliff Danielson in the number five team?
0: Um, I mean, I, I think we've talked about this before on here. I mean, obviously, even though he was suspended for four weeks, he still makes all the decisions, you know, for, for the team while while even though he's not there. I mean, there's, you know, there's there's these things called cell phones and I'm sure he, the team is on the phone with them and he sets up the car and everything. So uh, I don't, I I don't think it's really going to matter a whole lot that he's back or that he's gone. I mean, it, the, the plan doesn't really change as, um you know, as Christopher Chris, Chris Bell said, who, I mean, Ab Stevens almost got suspended for a loose wheel. Oh, we have, you know, we have very capable engineers as well, but, um, like that can do, do just as good of a job, even if uh, you know, even if the crew chief's not there. So, um, I'm sure he'll be happy to have Cliff back, but I don't think it's you know, I, it, it, whether whether he's there or not, I don't, it, do, it certainly doesn't make a break team, and, and and he's been having strong runs even without him. So, should be
1: pretty much just same as usual stuff that you will see from the number five team, and uh, you know, they certainly look competitive at Loudon, even with Kevin at top the pit box. And of course they have those war rooms too where they're strategizing and talking from a team mission control. So um, I think really the only benefit with Cliff being there is just the physical presence instead of having to do remote technology through a cell phone like this and doing a lot of FaceTime or whatever it is that uh, probably Microsoft Teams in their case since they you know, work with Microsoft. But it's welcome back Cliff for the number five team. I'm sure they're looking forward to getting another win here very shortly. And, uh, Let's pick up the last topic, winning time, of course. That's the last topic for putting Perspectives in which we are going to preview the SRX race at Sharon Speedway and, of course, the NASCAR triple header at Pocono that Nathan's preparing for um, with both, you know, the truck series, the Xfinity series, and the cup series all racing at the tricky triangle, not all at once because if they if they had, like, 90 different entries on the racetrack. That would be pretty fascinating. I don't know how that's going to turn out, but uh, we'll talk about Sharon Speedway right here first and then get to cup racing. So, of course, for the SRX series, it's their season finale, and they're coming off a race weekend in which they got a million viewers for that race weekend at I-55 in um, in Missouri, which is a really, really respectable you know result for them. Of course, Sharon Speedway is another dirt track, and it's really pretty much familiar territory for the Blaney family, of course, being Dale Blaney, Dave Blaney, and of course, cup star, Ryan Blaney. And they always have a, like a little tribute race for the late Lou Blaney. But uh, we also have a lot of great superstars entered into the SRX race at Sharon Speedway. Now, of course, Tony Stewart's looking to pretty much close out another championship run but Marco Andretti has something to say about that, too, because he's the points leader heading into um, the finale at Sharon. I feel like every race weekend we have a different points leader in the SRX series, which, hey, I think it's a good thing. But uh, I will lead off with Sharon Speedway, and then we'll talk about NASCAR. Uh, and I'll let Nathan to take a lead on NASCAR. But as far as Sharon Speedway's race is concerned, maybe out of sentimental reasons, I'm going to say Ryan Blaney wins the SRX race because last, I think last year, Chase Elliott won one of the last races of the SRX season. But as far as my uh, dark horse pick is concerned, oh that's a tough one because honestly, it could go any direction. Kind of hard to say this, but Bobby Levante could be a good dark horse for the I-50, uh, for rather the Sharon Speedway race. But uh, Nathan, what do you think about the fina- uh, season finale for SRX?
0: Yeah, it'll be pretty cool. I have a couple of Cup guys there. Um obviously ryan blaney and chase Elliott, as you mentioned will, will be in that race only a couple hours actually from uh from pocono there on the eastern side of ohio um so they'll, they'll certainly be ending with a bang really all 12 drivers in that field are are, are racing stars so it's pretty cool and that, i mean that's not nothing against some of the, the local um short track you know heroes or whatever but it, it's it's pretty cool just to see 12 um, 12 different um, racing stars from all these different kind of North American uh, racing series. Obviously, there's some IndyCar n- names in there as well. For my pick, Chase Elliott won a race last year. He's going to win a race again this year. He's going to beat uh, the Blaney's and uh, win at Sharon Speedway. As an underdog, as a underdog pick, I, I don't really have any reasoning for this. This is just kind of a gut feeling. Ryan Hunter-Reay. Oh, if Ryan Hunter Ray can
1: make that happen, I'm sure he'll consider this season a success. Um, who knows? We might have a surprise winner. I mean, Paul Tracy, who was kind of a wrecking ball in last year's series, was pretty respectable um, in one of the races earlier this year. I think he pretty much got a podium or got darn near a podium. So, hey, Ryan Hunter Ray can get himself a, a victory on, on Saturday night. I'm sure he'll be happy about that. And of course, the SRX season finale can be seen this Saturday live at 8 p.m. East Coast time on the major CBS network or for you streaming folks, that would be Paramount Plus. Well worth it, get Paramount Plus, by the way. Now let's talk about the tricky triangle because there's just so much action that's going to be happening this weekend at that two and a half mile super speedway, which has multiple corners, I'll say it that way. Now, of course, the truck series is going to lead things off with the CRC Brake Lean 150, which for us folks at home, we can catch that at 11 a.m. Central Time, noon Eastern Time on the Major Fox Network. That's right, Major Fox is going to carry that. Whether or not they're going to have uh, people in the booth or, you know, in a remote studio, who will see. The Xfinity series, they'll have their Explore the Pocono Mountains 225, Again, this Saturday at 5 p.m. East Coast time, 4 p.m. Central. That is on USA Network. And then going to the Cup side for this Sunday's M&M's Fan Appreciation 400. That race can be seen live on USA this Sunday at 3 p.m. East Coast time. Again on USA, home of all of our favorite Law and Order reruns. Doink doink. But um, I let Nathan take the lead on this because he's going to be there and. I might as well hear his, uh, his picks so that maybe I can cheat off of him. I don't know.
0: Man, I I, I always go to these not even um, picking anything ahead of time, so I do have to thank you <laughs> for a quick second, of course. Can't forget Arca. Arca is at, at, um, at, at Pocono on Friday, of course. Uh, Casey Campbell, shout out. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like it's just tradition at this point just to, to mention Casey every time Arca gets brought up because there's always usually one Arca reference a show. Of course um, we won't pick Arca though. <laughs> we'll pick trucks. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the truck race, I'm going to go to win. I'm going to go Ryan priest. Um, he's in the 17 truck again for David Gilliland racing one at Nashville. Um, I'll go him to win as an underdog pick. Um, mm-hmm. this, this might be out there a little bit. I'm gonna go Tyler Ankrum. Um, you know, obviously, he's he's, kind of in a, he's in a muscle position here to, to uh, make it into the playoffs. He had a good run at Pocono last year. I think he was third there last year, probably one of his best, if not his best run of the year. Um, expect Ty to be up there in the mix. Uh, and, and if he wins Saturday, that would really shake up the playoff grid. Um, because remember, regular season finale here. So um, whatever the playoff grid looks like after Saturday is what it is for the next seven races for for the truck series um in the nascar xfinity series right now it's super hard to pick against junior motorsports because they are wicked fast right now they have by far the most speed in the series are dominant every single week um for the win i'm gonna go with sam Mayer to finally score his first victory i believe he made his xfinity series debut at this track one year ago um you know he, he got up to a really consistent start this year in the City Series. It's kind of struggled a little bit the last month or so. Uh, I think he kind of gets over that hurdle and has a really dominant day on Saturday to, to go out and win that race. As my underdog pick, not really an underdog pick, but I'm going to go with it anyway, Brandon Jones. Um, he is running the Arca race on Friday. He'll, he'll get a lot of laps turned at, at Pocono this weekend. Uh, I think he'll be up, mix, up, up in the mix and be able to uh, steal a victory as well. Now on Sunday, the big race to pick um, my winner. I'm gonna go with the person driving the um, the the sponsor of the race, and that'll be Mr. Kyle Busch. The Candy Man's gonna win one last time with M&Ms on the car at Pocono. Um, Pocono might be his best track on on the NASCAR circuit. He's won there a bunch of times. Last year, won there with just fourth gear, um, which that. That was pretty crazy. That that I mean, Kyle's won a lot of races. That might be one of his most incredible victories. It was pretty cool to be able to witness that in person. Um, I'm gonna go Kyle for the win to win the M&M's Fan Appreciation 400 with M&M's on the car. Um, And as my underdog pick, I'm gonna go with. So hard to pick underdogs with the next gen car. You know, you mentioned this guy earlier in the. In the show, I'm going to go with Eric Jones. He's, he's had a lot of top 10 finishes this year. Um, he's been up in the mix a lot. He's been in contention to win a couple of races. Um, I don't know if he can go out there and win the race at Pocono, but I certainly think he can put together a, a really strong run on Sunday. Yeah, that's a great, great
1: solid underdog pick for Pocono's Cup race. Uh, I've been saying all this time, you know, Petty GMS, they've been pretty good. I know Ty Dillon, of course. That's another story that we may have missed during putting perspectives. We all know, of course, he's not back in the number 42 car for next uh, next year. But uh, I'm sure he'll land on his feet because of this whole Tyler Reddick silly season puzzle piece. But Eric Jones, hell of a choice right there. I really think he's going to probably win a race very shortly. Just a gut feeling. But uh, really, I think he predicted the truck season finale for the regular season pretty well. And, of course, these Xfinity and Cup races. But I'll start things off in terms of my truck pick. It's kind of a trite and safe pick, but I would say John Hunter Dimacek is going to be the winner on Saturday afternoon. And my Dark Horse pick, that's pretty tough. Uh, You know what? I'm going to say Derek Krause because, again, I want to believe that one of these playoff bubble drivers is going to try to do something different to – usurp their way into the playoff standings somebody like him could pretty much make their day and their season with the victory at Pocono so those are my two factors to watch now as far as the explore the Mount Pocono Mountains 225 Xfinity race is concerned you mentioned about junior motorsports having some speed out of their cars well let's not dismiss call it racing so soon Landon Castle, honestly, has been pretty fast, and I know unfortunately had the DQ situation that happened at Loudon, but uh, I really do think that Crew Chief Jason trincherry has got something up his sleeves to make sure that, that number ten car is not only legal and can pass inspection, but it's going to be a winner on Saturday afternoon. So I'll go with Landon Castle for my race pick, and as far as my underdog is concerned, it's kind of a uh, might seem a little bit out there, but Bailey Curry, I really think could do some respectable things out there on the racetrack i didn't say he's gonna win on saturday but you know obviously he's going to be feeling pretty pretty good he's got that new sponsorship in um alka-seltzer that's going to be on his number four car and uh who knows maybe we will all need some alka-seltzers after the Pocono race weekend and not bang energy i don't know how you kids do it but uh those are my two factors for the Xfinity race and now moving on the cup I like the idea of Kyle Busch winning this race, just because it is, you know, the M&M's fan appreciation for 100 and M&M's who's got a headquarters not that far away in New Jersey. We know they want to win this race and get, you know, to end their NASCAR association of 32 years on the high note. I still hope they would reconsider their position and maybe just think about scaling back the number of races they sponsor. But uh, honestly, I'm going to go a different direction here for uh, our, our Pocono pick. Now... We know that this track has variable banking. We know it kind of drives like a road course. And when it comes to this style of racing, I know he's kind of in an awkward position. I know he announced he's going to be in some, somewhere else in 2024. And the timing of this announcement could not come at a worse time or something like that that was tweeted. But I think Tyler Reddick is going to be my pick. I know you're, you folks at home are thinking, you're crazy, Rob. You're picking somebody who's basically a lame duck until 2024. Well, Tyler Reddick's a professional. I'll tell you why. I mean, in 2018, he was not guaranteed to come back to Junior Motorsports after that season. So guess what Tyler Reddick did? Oh, yeah. He won the championship in Xfinity before he got the transfer over to Richard Childress's racing operation. So he's a professional. He knows how to handle, you know, tough situations. And I think he'll get Richard Childress Racing another victory for this year. As far as the dark horse is concerned, you know, there's so many different good drivers in the field. Like you said, it's so hard to choose just one driver. I think in this case, when you have to think about somebody who's probably needing a good run, has shown some pace, just needs a bit of good luck out there, I'll go with Chris Busher. Kind of an awkward pick, but hey, Chris Busher was pretty good on the road courses. And again, Pocono kind of drives like a road course. There's a lot of shifting that goes on. So I'm gonna say Chris Busher is my dark horse pick. So we'll see how it goes. Are we going to be right or wrong? I don't know. But you know, that's the fun about these predictions. They're like weather forecasts, except we don't get to get fired and blamed if the you know the day's rainy or not. So tune back into episode 40 to see how our race picks did. And uh, if we did well, you know, bow down to our, our intelligence. And if we are wrong, well. Just be like in Game of Thrones. Shame, shame, shame. And that's all I know about Game of Thrones, by the way, folks. Anyways, we hope you enjoyed this week's edition of Pony Perspectives. We have a lot to get to, and it was super fun to do. If you want to hear different topics for our next show, tweet to us at the Pony Finish. Nathan's at sully 2 and me, I'm at Rob tiongson And if we pick your topic of choice, or you know, you give us a good idea, I will send you a next gen diecast card in 160 form scale. And I'll set it, I'll get it for you from circlebdiecast.com. All on me, just one car. So with that, folks, let's get on to the final segment of TPF Live episode 39. That would be in the hot seat. For this particular edition of In the Hot Seat, it's a bit different because we're not talking about stock car racing and the comfortable aspects of a four-wheeled stock car machine or stock truck. Instead, we're going to trade away the next-gen body piece for an open-wheel car from the NTT IndyCar series. Now, fifth-year racer Pato Award is in the midst of another championship run, although to his standards, he would say it could be a better year. And the numbers kind of back that up, but he's still ranked six in points. There's still plenty of racing left in this year of the Indy, NTT IndyCar Car Series um, with seven more races left in the season. You know, there's plenty of time for Patricio Pato Award to make some noise. It is number five, Arrow McLaren SP Racing Ride. He's got the victory at Birmingham and two podiums. He knows what it takes to be battling for a championship especially after finishing third in a rather exciting championship battle um, that Alex Pillow won. So I'll get to you hot seated, this hot seat interview right now. Let's go hear from Pato Award because it's such a really fun conversation I had get, got to have with him last week. This was done via video Zoom, so pretty fun. And I would say one of my more semi conversations you can have on TVF Live. So without further ado, let's bring in Pato Award. It's now his time to be in the hot seat. Well, first of all, Hado, thanks so much for taking the time today for the podium finish and the podium finish live podcast. Now, first of all, you are in the championship hunt yet again this year, and you have this year at Alabama. So what are your overall thoughts on your number five teams' chances to contend for the championship as we head towards the final eight races of this year?
2: Yeah, we've we've had a we've had a bit of a crazy year. Um to say the least we've had a lot of up and down we've had you know I think lately we've we've performed really well in qualifying which has been very big to you know to our changes in the off season and a bit of of what we've been working on um but I think our race results really haven't showed how how well we have positioned ourselves to to fight for wins because we keep having uh random fails or errors here and there in the races so that that obviously hasn't been optimal and have really hurt us in the championship but um there's not much we can do rather than just uh you know gather everything back up turn the page and and keep doing exactly what we've been doing in qualifying and um and just that 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 will allow us to challenge for the race the only thing now is just we You know, what I told the guys, we're already on overtime on all these little things on uh, not finishing races and stuff where, you know, you can't win a championship by qualifying well. You got to finish well in the races. So we have to uh, we have to analyze the situation, identify the problem and uh, move forward. I think a systematic
1: approach is certainly going to start showing once you kick off the second half of the year and certainly going up through ups and downs can be challenging, but... It certainly shows you and your team what kind of characters you have within your morale and your spirits uh, as we head towards the final grind of the season. And, you know, at least one thing that got out of the way was that you recently are going to continue racing for Arrow McLaren SP Racing until 2025. So what does it mean to you to extend your opportunity with this team, given your successes since 2020, and to, you know, still continue your rapport with Felix
0: Rosenquist?
2: No, it's great. It's it's my home in IndyCar right that's that's um, you know this is the place where I I uh, where I've evolved and, and and been around the same people and, and it's always good to to keep strength strengthening a relationship uh, keep working with the group of people that that we've you know that we've sacrificed so much of our time in um, not just me but you know everybody in the team um, you know to make a package that goes quicker uh, to make a package that I like and Uh, Ultimately work as a team. It's a great group of people. I feel very lucky that I get to do this as a job in my life Um, You know a lot. I know a lot of people would would kill to have uh, to have this opportunity and to be in my position. So um, Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really happy that I'm gonna get to to continue with them and uh, whether they like it or not They're stuck with me for another few years
1: Hey, and at least on the press side, my colleagues don't have to ask you anymore about your future. You know what it is until uh, at least 2025. So yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure that's a little bit of a reprieve from what you've dealt with the last couple of months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at least you won't, ask, you won't hear that from me. I, I typically respect that process for sure. Now, one thing that's been really cool to see with IndyCar is it's definitely growing in terms of leaps and bounds of popularity and engagement, whether at the racetrack or social media. You know, being an IndyCar driver, what is it like for you to see the sport grow and see this partnership with NBC, USA, and Peacock kind of come to fruition, especially with this weekend's race being on
2: Peacock? Yeah, it's good, man. It's it, I mean, at the end of the day, we're in inter- entertainment. If we don't grow, we don't really get to go play race cars. So um, it's it's important for... For the brand to keep growing, um, I think we still need to push it a lot more than what we are right now. Uh, I think our team is a great example of what we should be doing in terms of marketing and how much emphasis has to go into the marketing and and, and, and kind of social of the, you know, whether you have a series or a team or a driver or whatever. Um, and and that's what sells now uh, people people have the the phone you know they can access anything through the fin- fingertips and 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 that's that's the way things grow now and 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 i think we need to do uh, and keep working on how to show you know the characters that are that are driving you know you get to see him behind the helmet and racing but i think people are really, really interested and intrigued by, you know, what is their life? Where are they from? Um, you know, who's their family and, and, and all these things that, that, that make them them. Um, I think yeah. But yeah, I think it's good. It's good that we're, we're doing this. And I think we, we, we need to still continue pushing to make it better.
1: You nailed it right there. Cause I like, as soon as you said that, I was thinking, you know, everything's so automated, so technologically driven, you know the cars have evolved, but yet we have to remember there's a human element to all of this. And if we humanized people like you and your competitors, that is what's gonna make indie car grow, wouldn't you say?
2: Yeah, I mean it's I mean, at the end of the day, man, we're all we're all just human beings driving these cars. We're not robots and we're 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 definitely not uh, emotionless. And you know, within boundaries, right? Um, it's okay to show a lot of emotion. It's okay to show what you're feeling. It's not. It shouldn't be frowned upon. Or like, hey, you know, why would you show you're pissed? Because I am pissed, man. Like, just let me let me be me. And I think that's the that's what makes our team very very special. Where they they let me be me. They let Felix be him. They let everybody in the team be them. Obviously, within a set of boundaries but um you know they've always been very flexible in letting me be me and i think that's the reason why um you know the fan base especially in mexico i mean the in mexico it's skyrocketed um because because i feel like people have been able to see my persona and um And, 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 and yeah, I think it just shows to how important it is to just like, is there's not, it it takes no work. It takes zero, zero work. All you have to do is just be you. Um, If you're sad and boring, well, not our problem, but if you're not, and you're trying to be sad and boring, then no, don't be sad and boring. (laughs) Be, uh, be you. And that's probably the best thing my parents ever told me, be you. Never time be somebody else. And I was like, "Mm, all right. I think it's working out all right.
1: That's really great advice. And at your young age, I know that's not easy to do all the time. But the fact that you've embraced who you are, I think that says a lot about why you're one of the more popular drivers, not in just IndyCar, but motorsports as a whole. I'm sure people know who you are outside of the North American region. But I mean, internationally, given your team's association with F1. So, I mean. I think right there and then, I think that would be so huge if other people would embrace that approach to say the least. And you know, you, you kind of talk about being from Mexico and that kind of reminds me of one of my questions here. You know, you, you're from Monterrey, Mexico, which is also the hometown of Daniel Suarez. And I feel like a lot of folks have started to see how Mexico has a lot of talented racers like yourself, Daniel, and of course, Sergio Perez over in Formula One. For you what does it mean to represent Mexico and be this ambassador to your country and add to the successes that Mexico's had in motorsports?
2: Ah oh, it's huge man it's um it's our country um and there's and there's not a lot of us in I mean there's there's I guess the better way to say it is there's not a lot of uh, of us that are competing in a high level um and doing well and and uh and and I've known Danny for years uh I was so happy to see him get his first win and uh such a such a great guy Checo's a little bit older uh than both of us um but I I actually met Checo about 10 years ago when he just joined McLaren actually oh wow um and 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 he's doing you know some really good stuff in Formula 1 as well and 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 I think the community in Mexico has massively grown in terms of uh, the intensity and uh, and attention that they give, like uh, Formula One, IndyCar, NASCAR, just cars in general. Um, and it means a lot. It means a lot that, I, you know, I'm I'm one of the I'm one of the head head guys and head athletes of of all of Mexico, to be fairly honest, there's there's not many of us. Um, and it's cool to be one of the guys that that is leading the the country's the country's flag in in, in their specific kind of area of expertise or C, or category whatever you want to call it. Um, and i and and it's 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 good to see them enjoy it with you. You know, when you have a win, it's good to see them celebrate, and it's 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 nice to see that that they're uh, that they're proud of the of the. They're all from frampado whenever he's doing well in IndyCar.
1: That's really cool. And I imagine, you know, I have a Spanish background. I'm Filipino. I have to say the things about being, you know, of Latino origin or just Mexican is the passion that we have with doing things. And it's so illustrated with you. And I love that. And, you know, that's one of the things I love about covering the sport is the different characters like you and others out there that I've been able to get to know over the years. One of the things that I'm sure they're hoping to see is you win the IndyCar Championship. I know you talked about sort of the ups and downs of the season, but what would it mean for you to win this year's championship, especially after how close you were to winning it last year and knowing what it takes to get that championship?
2: Yeah, I'm, I mean, first of all, I think we need to uh, we need to, to to stop leaving so many points on the table whenever we've had many, you know, chances to capitalize on a good result. Um, and which, I mean, you know, yes, we, we were, we're analyzing and we're, 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 we're making sure that doesn't happen again. But, you know, just in the past, in just in the past couple of weeks, we've, uh, we've blown through and, and kind of thrown away over a hundred points in the past two races, um, which, which obviously aren't helping our championship, but, uh, all I can do is just keep performing, keep pushing, uh, keep putting ourselves well in qualifying so we have a chance in the race and keep doing that. That's, that's really that's all we can. That w- that's all we can do.
1: Absolutely. It sounds like you know, what's, you
2: know what to do just executing it and
1: making that uh, realization become reality, which I know you are going to be your part and I'm sure your team will do their earnest to make that happen for you. We're going to switch gears a little bit for my final questions because I know we talked a lot about talk shop and all that. But okay. as I mentioned before, the interview kicked off that you have some ties to Texas. I know you went to high school in San Antonio, which is 90 uh, minutes to the, mile, to the south of where I am. I live in Austin in Leander. Um, what were what are three words about San Antonio that you would use to describe that city?
2: Uh, homey, growing, and... Homey, growing, and close to home. Yeah, yeah. That,
1: that, that works. You know, a lot of folks, of course, think of the Alamo. They think of the Riverwalk. But what is a recommended Award spot in San Antonio?
2: Recommended? Uh, the Rim, La Cantera. Those are like the the two main shopping malls. <laughs> um <laughs> i uh i go a lot to the 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 alan which is uh apartments hotel but that that's where my uh my that's where i train that's where the where the where my trainer has a gym uh so i i spend a lot of time there and um in terms of restaurants Man, um, there's a great selection. There's nothing that's like, oh, my God, over the moon. But there's a lot of really solid places that um, that you know what you're getting when you go. And the food is good. Uh doesn't matter if it's, you know, Italian, sushi, uh, you know, c- contemporary, Mexican. I mean, there's, there's basically everything you want. And uh, that will satisfy a craving that you might have. I'm a massive foodie, as you can probably tell. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's what I read about, and I was like, I gotta, I gotta find out about that because, like, yeah, uh, your cohort, Alex Polo, of course, is a big fried chicken guy. So I was like, well, I, I want to find out what you like. So
2: I'm, cool. a, I'm big into, I love sushi. Um, I love sushi. I love Mexican. It doesn't matter if it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner. I love it all. Um. <laughs> I really enjoy a good Italian, and only, I, I love different cuis, cuisines. The biggest thing, and the biggest, kind of my biggest motto whenever I travel is a, a part of a, of enjoying a different culture and living a different culture is the food.
1: Absolutely, because if you enjoy that, you kind of get more curious about the country. And
2: exactly. I could go
1: on. I can go on and on about that, about what it means to be Filipino in our culture, but... That's going to be an hour long, and I don't want to add too much <laughs> to the energy. <laughs> Maybe when we get to meet at the racetrack, I'll talk about that with you. But I'll have, I will have a few more questions here before I wrap things up. Um, let's go with this one instead of the usual stuff I go with. Let's just say that IndyCar approached you, and they're like, hey, Pato, you, know, you have all the money in the world to do and build the ultimate Pato Award racetrack. What kind of racetrack would you build and why?
2: Ooh. I would build something honestly i think one of the i think one of the best racetracks in america in terms of how well they've kept it up and how beautiful the facility is is uh barbara motorsports park um yeah. where i won this year i love that place um i built something like that something fast high commitment. Um, where you really feel the car's limits when you, or whatever it is that you're driving around. And
1: would you have, I know there's a spider at the racetrack. Would you have the drivers go underneath a spider bridge?
2: (laughs) That would be cool. I mean, yeah.
1: Just saying, so it's like a little bit of a Hot Wheels element for those kids that are at the racetrack. They'll say,
2: oh, wow, look at that. I'm going under a spider.
1: Yeah, exactly. I know my nephew would be like, wow, that's so cool. He's only six years old and I'm just thinking about him when I talk about racing with you. My last question is, um, honestly, this one's kind of a unique one for me. Let's just say that you're at the racetrack and you have to have a theme song each time you're introduced and you have to live with it for the rest of your career. What one song would you choose to be the Paddle Award theme song when the PA announcer says you're the, you're being introduced to the fans.
2: Mm. Great question. I have no idea. Um probably something like pumping. Something that get you get your adrenaline pumping. But um, Hmm. I'm going to have to get back on you with that because I have no idea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. My friend. I hope it doesn't distract you when you're in Toronto and you're like leading the race and all of a sudden you're like, Oh, no, be good. What was that? Okay, cool. Cause I hate to do those little mind trap questions for people. But... Well, friends episode 39 is almost in the books and we're about ready to get to Pocono Raceway. We have our transmission in good order. We hopefully don't pop it out of gear and uh, don't need to be pushed out of pit road like Kyle Busch or Cole Trickle in Days of Thunder. Although I don't know if Kyle Busch can pull off another strange victory like that again, uh, given that there's five gears now in the in stock car. But uh, yeah, I mean, as we always do towards the end of the show, we always talk about what content we have on the pipeline for this week. Well, I should hopefully have a title award interview, the one that you heard here, folks, in Q&A form for this week. And then, of course, A.J. Elmendinger is in the hot seat. My, you know, ooh, I kind of gave it away. Oh, well. Well, next month you'll hear A.J. Elmendinger in some episode. Probably, you know, the Indianapolis preview. Something like that. I don't know. It'll be fun. But anyways, folks, um, A.J. Elmendinger and Pato Award are my interviews for this week. But, uh,
0: Nathan, I know you've got a lot of busyness ahead of you at the Tricky Triangle. Yeah, I do. Um, Obviously, very busy with four series there this weekend um marker race friday um truck playoff race saturday or not, not playoff race but um play regular season finale playoff cutoff race saturday um of course the always entertaining city series kind of saturday night ish like five o'clock start which is kind of weird start time but um obviously very busy day at the track saturday so they kind of have to push it to the end of the day and of course cup on sunday so a ton of content from all four of those re- races previewing those races um, all that so just your typical race coverage from the track i'm um, super excited for it i have a couple um well i', I have a, a longer feature or two in the works here um from the last couple of weeks too so i'll be on the lookout for for that hopefully
1: and then of course after Pocono you don't have to wait too long for Watkins Glen so your racing seasons kind of winding down at least on the track but hey there's probably be more races. Ahead for 2023, so you'll get plenty of action at Pocono for sure. And I'm gonna do something new for you, folks. I want to recommend a race that you need to watch on YouTube uh, to kind of pass the time by. Now, for this week, again, Casey Campbell's gonna probably be happy about this, but he was too young to remember this particular race. My Pocono race week to watch, uh, Pocono race weekend video to watch, is the 1998 Mountain Dew 400. K. The Arca Menard series race that took place in 1998, better known as the comeback race of one of the greatest Arca drivers, bar none, maybe the greatest Arca driver of all time, Tim Steele. If you haven't seen it, folks, watch it on YouTube. I promise you, it's a really emotional, a very fun race to watch. So give it a shot. You might probably do some Wikipedia looking for Tim Steele afterwards and wonder why he's such a great story. But believe it or not, folks, next week, it's a milestone episode again. Episode 40 is next week. But we do do know who the next guest is. It's not going to just necessarily be AJ Almendinger, but um, Nathan, as he mentioned, he's got some interviews coming up. So I'll let him have the hot seat for next week. But otherwise, it's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm really looking forward to our last July recording for TPF Live for this year. And then uh, it's on to August, the dog days of summer. Um, for baseball fans, you know pretty much where your team stands, and I would say safely. We're recording this on the MLB All Star night. So I'm sure as soon as we finish recording, Nathan's going to just hop off and watch the ML, all, MLB All Star game and see what's going on at Dodger Stadium. Uh, or Roger Dodger Stadium, as my nephew would say. Um, And then, of course, he'll be cheering on his Yankees, and me, my Red Sox, are pretty pathetic this year. (laughs) Uh, You can't can't have them all each year. so Oh, well. But I had a good time on this show. Nathan, as always, thank you so much for joining us for this edition of TPF Live, and please do get some rest, and don't drink too much caffeine, because otherwise – I'm going to feel like I don't hold my end of the bargain, energy-wise. Maybe we should give some of that energy to Casey Campbell because he's so tired all the time on his program uh, on YouTube. And you folks should check it out on YouTube. He's a pretty good content creator and journalist himself. So, yes, folks, this episode's going to be in the books right now. So let's wrap it up. So Nathan Solomon and Paddo Award, I'm your host, Rob T. Youngson, saying thank you so much. For listening to TPF Live, episode 39, be sure to catch our previous episodes on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or whatever podcasting platform you're listening to, and check us out next week for episode 40. Mysterious things are gonna happen, good things will happen, of course, as we recap Pokado and look forward to the action at Indianapolis. That's right, the greatest spectacle in racing in road course format. So, folks, as I always say, Let's go get that checkered flag, and until next time, so long, everyone.